We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. You know, it's 12.02 right now. If they want to fire me at 12.05, I'll go home and find something to do. I'll have a good day. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by BetMGM and Monkey Knife Fight. It's Friday, January 29th, 2021. Alex Perutha here with Shannon McEwen on the line. Uh, no Ken this week. Uh, he is uh, he is traveling uh, like Shannon was last week. So uh, let's just jump straight into the news, Shannon. The Lakers last night without Anthony Davis lost 107 to 92 at the hands of your Detroit Pistons. I I don't think there's really anything here for the Lakers, you know, in terms of like, should we be concerned or not? So I, I want to use this as a quick jumping point for the Pistons and fantasy. Blake Griffin, yeah, really good game. 36 fantasy points in 35 minutes. Do you think this is a jumping off point for him? Or are you kind of just expecting these up and down performances, this reduced Blake Griffin moving forward? Yeah, I mean, he was feeling it last night. You know, he had his stroke, 5 for 10 from downtown. I am... 
I'm not as concerned about Blake Griffin as most. I feel like he's been trying to appease his new teammates, let, you know, deferring to Jeremy Grant in the early going. Um, but I do expect him. I, I mean, there are positives with Blake Griffin too. He's still he's playing 32 minutes per game, um, which yeah. You know, last year we can't really even look at last year. He had played 28 minutes per game. He dealt with so many injuries. Um, only played in 18 games. You know, he's he's only 31. I I don't. I don't feel like he's fallen off the cliff like his his production to you know to date this season would indicate. Um, I just think he's kind of like I mentioned deferred to his teammates and, and he's had a bad sh- shooting stroke. But I expect that to improve. I don't think he'll he'll bounce back and be the twenty four seven and five guy uh, he was in twenty eighteen twenty nineteen. Uh, but I do expect Blake to have solid fantasy value. The real question is, you know, can he stay healthy, and what kind of, you know, what kind of management does the team give him? How many days off does does he receive? Um, he's already sat uh, three or four games. I think it's four, five games. Yeah, five games so far because of injury this season. So that that's going to be a, you know, that's going to be a concern. Is he going to play both games of a back to back? Maybe in the second half of the season that'll be the case. It remains to be seen. Um, and also the fact that the Pistons aren't good, uh, and they're, they're going to have one of the worst records in the league. So that could impact how they deploy Blake Griffin, uh, later in the season as well. But I think last night's a better indication of Blake Griffin's value, in my opinion, than most of the other games this season. Uh, it's probably somewhere in between. Um, but I think he's still a 17, 18 five and four guy um, when he's healthy. Yeah. Last night's game was the highest usage rate for Blake Griffin this season. 25%. Um, I'm with you on Blake. I mean, he's a hold, you know, most of your fantasy teams, you can get hot, put some big games up. I, the, the main concern right now is just that, you know, like the shot attempts, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, he's down almost 9% usage rate, stuff like that. But we know he's a talented passer. And so even on nights where he's deferring and he's feeling healthy and feeling good, he'll still rack up plenty of assists. I also want to ask you about DeLon Wright starting off the season slow, but he, uh, uh, the past five games have been great for him. 15 points, six rebounds, six assists. Those are averages two and a half steals and blocks across the past 31 minutes. Do you think if people have DeLon Wright on their team, they should kind of cash in the stock, sell high, or at this point, is he a hold? If you can sell high, I think it's worth doing so. Uh, Killing Hayes is out. You know, what, it remains to be seen when Hayes will return. Uh, he could end up missing. I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but he could end up missing almost the entire season, uh, depending on how, you know, how cautious the Pistons want to be with their with their first round pick. Um, if Hayes returns, that's going to hurt Delon Wright quite a bit. Um, Delon Wright's also been kind of inflated in recent games because you had Blake Griffin sit out a couple. You had Derrick Rose sit out a couple of those games. I think the most recent game against the Lakers, six points, eight rebounds, six assists. That's more along the lines of what you should expect, which is still solid, holds value. 27 minutes in that game. My my concern with Delon Wright is just he's is the usage going to be high enough? Is he going to get enough field goal attempts? You know, even in this good stretch, he, the most the most amount of shots that he's had is 14, and usually it's more around hovers around seven or eight field goal attempts per game. So I, I worry about him from that standpoint. I would sell high 
if I owned him anywhere. Uh, I just I don't think he's a long term part of this team. So eventually, as as some of their younger guys kind of grow into the roles um, or and other players get healthy, he's gonna not be leaned on as heavily. I'm with you. He's he's 28 years old. He's not part of the rebuild. Essentially, he's probably a guy they bring in. You know, good. You know, I mean, not he's not really a veteran presence, but someone they can you know bring in for good habits for the young guys, you know, him and Rose theoretically kind of mentoring Killian Hayes and then they can trade him to a contender or something like that at at some point. But yeah, you know, he started the past 12 games and in, you know, as a whole in those 12 games, averaging 10, five and five, 1.6 steals. So, you know, if you, if you really need the steals, hang on to him. Otherwise I'm with you. I think he's a sell high. Uh, speaking of potential sell highs, we have the Bradley Beal trade rumors still swirling. Wizards are three and eleven at this point. The possibility is obviously here that he gets dealt to a contender uh, or just a team where he would see fewer shot attempts. Would you be willing to sell high to you know get ahead of that, or is that kind of just thinking too hard about it and you'd rather just hang on to his production? I can ask you the same question essentially about someone like Demar Derozan, for example. Yeah, no, I do think Beal's a, a sell-high candidate. I know I saw an exchange on Twitter about possibly, you know, trading Beal for James Harden, and some of the fantasy pundits voted yes, you know, do that, get Harden in that deal. Um, and I agree, I'm on that side as well. I just, I, I think the likelihood of Beal getting traded uh, is fairly high, and it's very, very unlikely that he'll still see the same amount of, of, of shot attempts at, at his new des- destination. I mean, definitely not enough shot attempts to score 35 points per game. I mean, he's just been out of his mind this season. <clears throat> you know, as long as he stays with the Wizards, he'll probably continue to do that. Uh, it certainly helps that Westbrook has sat uh, a handful of games, which which has helped inflate Beal's numbers. I'm just I'm amazed that he's actually better this year than he was last year. I there's no way I saw that coming. I, I loved everything out of Beal. I was really, really high on him last year. I uh, was lucky enough to own him in a few spots. And I was like, this is the peak. There's no way it gets better uh, with with Russell Westbrook in town. But but it has. It, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, the he's leading the NBA in scoring right now. At 30, like you mentioned, 35 points a game, doing it efficiently as well. He's got a 37% usage rate. I mean, he is putting up MVP caliber numbers and he'll never get that recognition because he's on the Wizards and they're terrible. Uh, but if they were passable, you would, and putting up these numbers, he would certainly be there. Uh, let's pivot to Houston. They've won four straight games. Uh, they came back from down 20 points against the Trailblazers yesterday. This is a gambling related question. So we have Christian Wood on Houston, does he deserve to be the favorite for most improved? Uh, right now on DraftKings Sportsbook and most others, I believe he is the favorite right now at plus 130. And are there any other names you'd be interested in uh, in uh, most improved player from a value perspective? So my one issue with Wood <clears throat> will be games played. I want to see if he can get there. Um yeah, he's played 13 games so far, missed about five. I I worry if he's going to be able to play enough games to win an award like that. Um, and then also, and I don't think this is me being a homer, but I, I think Jeremy Grant should be the favorite right now. Um, 
you know, if you, if you watched Christian Wood last year, he was basically doing this with the Pistons when he got the minutes. Um, you know, there were certainly stretches of the season where he was doing it. So, you know, his per his per 36 last year was 22 and 10 and a half. Um, you know, similar similar percentages, basically doing exactly what he's doing now, now that he gets those minutes on a nightly basis. Uh, Jeremy Grant's the guy who's come out and just redefined his game. Um, looks like a completely different player than he has for the past six, six seven seasons. Um, so he would get my vote. I, I, I just am blown away at the the type of scorer he's been and right. you know pretty fairly efficient doing it as well you know not not super efficient 44 percent but uh a little bit higher than i would have expected in this kind of role i just didn't i never would have envisioned him chucking up 18 19 shots per game i'm with you on that usually most improved goes to a guy who has kind of taken a step up in terms of this guy was a role player now he's either an all-star or a fringe all-star or he was an all-star and now he's basically, you know, top three MVP caliber. Yeah. Yeah. And Wood and Grant both fit the first of those. They were basically role players and now they've emerged into guys who are putting up all-star numbers. I think Wood, I, I I'm with you. I think Wood really only has the nod here because Houston's eight and nine and Detroit's five and 14. And I think if the records were flipped, we'd be talking about this differently. And I don't think that's necessarily fair because most improved really isn't about, I, I don't think it's about, you know, wins and losses as much as like MVP would be. Yeah, um, no, I agree. And it, I mean, looking at the odds, so you got Wood <clears throat> plus 130, Grant plus 150, Jalen Brown plus 600. Go down the list. I, down at the bottom, yeah, SGA plus 5,000. I actually like that one a lot. Um, he's just, you know, I feel like he's going to grow as the season goes on. Uh, the team's going to be horrible. I think that matters a little bit less uh, with this award. Um, he possibly was too good last season, though, um, to, to to be higher up on that list. But I still like those odds because if he jumps, and right now he's averaging 20, basically 22, 5.5, 6.5. Uh, if he improves that and ends the year at like 24, 25, you know, 6 and 7, um, then I think he, he becomes more of a more of a factor. Uh, and then Boucher, Boucher or Boucher? I always forget. Boucher. Boucher. Yeah, we'll say Boucher. All right. Boucher is kind of, he, he's a dark horse here because he was just, he's out of nowhere, which I, I feel like the guys who are out of nowhere, like Wood, Grant, Jalen Brown, you know, Michael Porter Jr., who was pretty good in the bubble last year. These guys are all known quantities. Uh, Boucher was... You know, he was that role player who who didn't see much time and definitely didn't look like this type of player in his in his in, in his small role. I could see him really getting a push uh, if he continues. I, I don't know. His production might end up waxing and waning too often uh, for him to end up being a serious candidate. But if he at the same time, if he ends up earning 30 minutes per game the rest of the way. Uh, his stats could be good enough where where he can, he gets uh, serious consideration. Yeah, Boucher, he's had a rough stretch over the past yeah. five games, and so you know it's it's tough to bet on him with confidence. But I'm with you. I think earlier when he was on like that hot stretch where he was averaging like 20 and 10, he definitely should have been his odds should have been shorter than this. Um, 
And you know, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't mind Colin Sexton either. But I, I'm kind of concerned that he's in the same boat as SGA, where yeah. they were already averaging 20 points a game before, and you need to go to like 28 to really, uh, to really kind of jump, jump yeah. the line essentially. Yeah, I agree. Jalen Brown, uh, similar boat to those two guys as well, where you know they might have already been too good last year, um, and, and you know their growth is not unexpected essentially. You know, one other point about Christian Wood, which makes me, you know, bet against him, want to bet against him even more, is just the fact that I, I, I don't think the Rockets team is good, but they might be deeper now than what we previously expected. Essentially, we we expected Harden to carry the load with Wood being that secondary scorer. But now you've got John Wall, who, you know, looks as healthy as he's looked in, in years. You've got Victor Oladipo. Uh, and you've got DeMarcus Cousins, uh, and Eric Gordon too is still on the team, and so you've got four other guys who can who can score score a bucket. You know, Cousins looked pretty good. He moved back to the bench on Thursday night, um, but there might be a time when they either trade away PJ Tucker, um, or you know, if not trade away PJ Tucker, play him less so Cousins and Wood play alongside each other. Um, defensively that that will be a mess but uh but it's going to mean more touches for for a guy like cousins which would be taken away from wood so yeah that that's an interesting aspect to, to consider as well when when thinking about wood as as the favorite now that your season-long fantasy basketball leagues have started this is a great time to check out our friends at monkey knife fight the fastest growing site in daily fantasy the NHL and NBA are in full swing, and the NFL playoffs are here. The time is now to take advantage of a 100% instant match up to $50 on your first deposit by using our promo code WIRE. That's WIRE, as in Roto Wire. Get it? Get it? That's a free $50 in your Monkey Knife Fight account if you sign up with that promo code. We have huge NBA slates pretty much every night with the way the schedule works out this season, so there's no better time to dive into DFS. Whether you're an experienced player, just a beginner, Monkey Knife Fight is the place to play. Visit monkeyknifefight.com and use our promo code WIRE. That's W-I-R-E, WIRE, today. Let's jump to the waiver wire. Uh, I'm going to get things started. Guys available in about 50% of leagues. Wayne Ellington uh, from the Pistons. Last two weeks, he's ranked 65th. Now, that's mostly because he is absolutely on fire from three. Hitting five threes a game uh, over this stretch, 17.6 points, not really getting you much else in terms of stats. But uh, the Pistons are showing confidence in basically just playing him. And if Wayne Ellington's going to get, you know, 28 to 33 minutes consistently, he's going to fire up close to 10 threes a game, which is basically what he's doing. Uh, And, you know, he's not going to keep hitting them at 60 percent. That's ridiculous. Right. But even if he drops down to a normal percentage, he still gets you two and a half, three threes. Uh, and if you're definitely in a 14-team league, I think he's worth uh, he's worth grabbing. Ellington's crazy, and it's insane. The, just the fact that he's shooting so well from downtown, 53%, um, you know, been on fire uh, more so. Yeah, I, I look at last year. And the fact that he shot 35%, yeah, he essentially hovers between like 35 and 38% from downtown uh, for his career with a couple outlier seasons um, where he was higher than that. 
You know, that, that's going to come down. Um, you know, it's certainly possible that his three-point shot's improved, but but 53% is not going to hold. Um, I do think he's worth a look uh, if you're if you're especially if you're three if you're three pointer desperate um, and you need help in that category he he is worth a look um, and I'm I'm just thrilled that this uh, Pistons theme episode today <laughs> I figured you would be um, okay who do you have as someone available in about fifty percent of leagues Yeah, you know, a couple guys we've talked about in the past that I just want to mention uh, Nick Batum. Uh, playing well for the Clippers still, 55% of leagues. Uh, I mentioned Jeremy Lamb last week. He's up to about 51%. So his <clears throat> his ownership in Yahoo is about you know over double what it was last week, but still widely available. He started the most recent game for the Pacers, so you know you got to move on him now if you want to have Lamb. Um, you know he's not going to put out eye-popping numbers, but 14 points, five boards, you know, he'll hit, hit one and a half three-pointers and get some steals. Um, there's solid value there. The percentages are going to be good as well. So I think, 50, you know, even though <clears throat> even though his, part, his ownership has climbed, uh, it should be higher. Um, now, now, just throwing out a new name, this guy's very low-owned, but uh, Royce O'Neal, he's locked in. As a starter for the Jazz, he's playing a career-high 32 minutes per game. Um, the numbers aren't eye-popping. Uh, eight points, six and a half rebounds, 2.3 assists. Uh, not doing much on the defensive side, but he is hitting a career-high 1.8 three-pointers per game. Um, solid percentages. He's, you know, the production's never going to be great, but he could he could hold, yeah, if you're in a deep, deep enough league and you need someone uh, who, who's Getting 30 minutes a game, uh, I, I think Royce O'Neal can be helpful roster filler uh, when you need, you know, when the schedule dictates, when he, when the Jazz are playing a four-game slate that week, and, and some of the other guys are are on a, a lighter schedule. I'm with you on O'Neal. I've had him in our 14-team league since maybe week two, and I just can't get rid of him. Um, he's going to stay on my bench this week. He's starting for me, uh, and you're right. Like he. 32 minutes a game. He has like an, I think a 9% usage rate, but he does everything pretty well. Um, I'm going to, so for guys who are more of long shots, I'm not even sure this is really a long shot. Uh, TJ McConnell over the past two weeks, he's playing 26 minutes a game. They've really thrown him into a bigger role since they lost Oladipo. And then essentially, you know, Karis Levert's still out. We don't know when he's coming back. Uh, TJ Warren's out, I think until mid February at the earliest, so I think McConnell is going to keep seeing minutes. The main thing here, seven assists per game, 1.8 steals in those 26 minutes. He's only getting you five points and two and a half rebounds. But you're picking him up as a, an assistant steals guy, which on the waiver wire, not easy to find usually. Yeah, we talk about it. We talk about every year assists are impossible to find on the waiver wire typically. So, you know, this guy, he averaged five assists last season um, in only 19 minutes per game. Um, so if he's seeing 23, 24 minutes per, um, or, you know, even higher 26 in the, in the latest game, uh, he can get you six, seven assists, um, eight, nine, you know, nine, like he has in back-to-back games. So I, I definitely see him as a viable option as an assist guy. Um, one of my long shots, uh, I'm just going to throw out these two, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith for the Mavericks. I feel like his ownership's, uh, deflated mainly because he's been injured, right? He's missed some games. 
Um, he's only played nine total games for the Mavs, but he he's averaging 29 points, 8.6 uh, points, five five rebounds, gets to 1.2 steals. His shooting's been bad so far. I think that's going to bounce back some. Um, so you will get some three pointers and a better shooting percentage moving forward. Uh, I just I look at this Mavs team and, and what they need and. You know, Finney Smith has started. Um, he's started all all nine of those games. You know, and, and I think he's going to continue to start. The it's too bad that he got hurt because he was kind of coming into his own, coming off his best game of the season um, before he was on the shelf for for nine games. So he he's just a guy that can get you solid production across the board, nothing eye popping, um, but locked in as a starter on that Mavs team. You know, if he's getting 30 minutes per, it's you know, at minimum. I think we get uh, what we got, what what you saw from last year, which was uh, essentially 10-6 uh, with one and a half three pointers. Yeah, he's a he's a good solid option in uh, in deep leagues because the the Mavericks believe in him as a player. Like they play him almost 30 minutes a game for a reason. Uh, he's kind of in that Royce O'Neal category, just in terms of you know this guy plays 30 minutes, he'll get you some stats here and there perfect guy to keep on your bench in a deep league for a four game week um, situation like that. But yeah, he had, he was in the COVID-19 protocols uh, just came back and played 24 minutes, which is, which is a good sign after such a long layoff. Um, and the Mavericks aren't particularly deep. So I think they need those minutes from him. Uh, but you also have uh, a rookie from the Spurs. Yeah. If you're looking for someone with more upside, but also more risk, Devin Vassell, uh, rookie guard for the Spurs. Um, I guess he's a guard forward. He, he can play a little bit of the three. He's he's had some really impressive games lately. Uh, he scored 14 points, four rebounds, a couple steals, and a block uh, with four three-pointers earlier this week against Washington. You know, his minutes fluctuate. He'll play 26, 27 minutes one game, 15 the next. Uh, that Spurs team, especially with Derek White back, uh, I believe Derek White just came back or is on, or is playing in the next game. You know that that does complicate. Okay, he's Derek White. Right is expected to return this weekend. Um, you know, with Derek White back, it complicates the rotation uh, somewhat. But yeah, it, it's, they seem to be high on Vassell, and I like what I've seen from him so far. I think eventually he could eat into Patty Mills. Lonnie Walker, uh, their minutes. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like quickly. We mentioned quickly uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, that's he's still kind of up and down. But quickly's had some really good games. And his upside is, is obvious. Um, I put Vassell in that same kind of category. Yeah, I think the main thing for Vassell is his upside. He's a 3 and D guy right now, right? 1.13 is 1.3 steals in his 18 minutes. Uh, and if he can somehow get more run than that, that would be great. Yeah. The Derek white situation makes it tough. Uh, but Vassell, someone, if you're in a deep league, check him out. If you're in a keeper league, keep him in mind. The Rotowire NBA podcast is brought to you by bet MGM sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That is why bet MGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month Rotowire subscription when you placed your first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website 
and use promo code ROTO, that's ROTO, R-O-T-O, to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Let's jump to DFS. We have 10 games on the slate. Uh, as of yet, no postponements, which is nice. Uh, the games with over uh, unders over 230, uh, Atlanta at Washington, Brooklyn at OKC, and Milwaukee at New Orleans. Uh, all those are over 230 over under. The main injuries to look out for, Carl Anthony Towns still out, but he should be back soon. Uh, Kawhi, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly are all doubtful. Embiid, questionable. Donovan Mitchell, questionable. D'Angelo Russell, questionable. Larry Nance, OG Anganobi, Lonzo Ball, all questionable. So in terms of a potential game stack, I think Washington and Atlanta is the obvious one to, that people are going to look at. You have Trey Young in that game. Uh, FanDuel prices, 10600 DeAndre Hunter at 6600 Clint Capella at 9600 against the Wizards. And obviously on, on the Washington side, you have uh, Bradley Beal, who's playing out of his mind, and Russell Westbrook, who's a little underpriced since he's played kind of few minutes lately, hasn't been playing well. And there's still value to be had on the Wizards because all these guys are coming back from injury. Um, it's it's hard not to like It's hard not to like the guys on both sides of this game. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, the one the one issue there is just the they're all so expensive. You know, other other yeah. than DeAndre Hunter, um, you have to build your team around the guys. Uh, and, and you know, Trey Young is over ten thousand. Capella's just below ten thousand. Uh, Westbrook, Beal. It, it's tough. I mean, if you can get it in there and build a lineup, stacking uh, one of those teams, both of those teams. Uh, I certainly recommend it. Yeah. Um, I also like Cody Zeller. Mm-hmm. So played 30 minutes last game, averaging over one fantasy point a minute this season. He's just $4,600. So all that points to, you know, this is a guy who should crush value. My only concern is that he's going up against the Pacers and Miles Turner and Demonis Sabonis. And this is a terrible matchup for him. And I'm worried that it could end up being a trap play where you're in your GPP and you see 30% of people have Zeller and he comes out and puts up a dud, like an 18 fantasy point per game uh, point performance. The $4,600, it's not, you know, if you, if you get a dud from him, it's not going to completely tank your team, but it's something to look out for. Yeah. Zell, Zeller's interesting. I can never, he's one of those guys I can never get right. Um, you know, in, in DFS, I, I never roster him. For the 35-point game, it's always the day, the game after when he has 19 fantasy points. Um, that's what scares me away from him. Uh, the matchup as well. 
Um, one, of, one of the guys I'm targeting, we'll, we'll stick at the center position. Uh, Nasri, I don't love the matchup. Philadelphia, I've seen, I've, I've seen Joel Embiid embarrass too many other centers um, and put them in foul trouble and whatnot. Uh, but I like Nas Reed's price. I like his recent production. Uh, you know, the fact that Cat's still out. Reed's coming off his best game of the season, 40, 49.9 fantasy points, eight total blocks and steals, 19 and seven. Um, I wish he were getting more minutes. He's basically hovered right around uh, in between 25 to 27 minutes the past four or five games. Uh, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. Uh, if he were locked into 32 minutes, uh, but the the Timberwolves just don't seem to want to un, 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 unleash him like that. So still 5,800, given the recent production, you know, he's basically been a lock for 29, 30 fantasy points uh, since moving back into the starting lineup. I I like him at that price tag. So I think the key there is keep in mind uh, the in potential Embiid injury news. He's questionable with back soreness. So if Embiid sits out, then you have more of a green light to play Nas Reed, I would say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I wanted to address that Jordan Bell is minimum priced and had 30 fantasy points the other day. Um, I don't know what to do with this because Washington is getting most of their guys back. Uh, Washington at this point is about as close to healthy as they have been in a long time. Hachimura's back. Bertans is back. Va- Mo Wagner's back. They still have Alex Len. So if you're looking at Jordan Bell and being like, should I do this? I don't know if you should. Like if you're playing 100 GPP lineups, throw them in five, right? But like I just, I, I wouldn't have the confidence. And if I'm, if, a, if I'm a one lineup guy to put Jordan Bell in there, despite the good production. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, the fact that everyone, you know, all their big men are returning tonight um, makes me highly skeptical of Bell's ability to see 30, 30 plus minutes again tonight. Um, and my guess, my guess is that, you know, there's a good chance he doesn't even crack the rotation. I would need I would need I would need more than just confirmation that he's starting. Um, yeah, would have to, I would need like some kind of confirmation that oh these three or four guys who are returning you know Hachimura, Bertans, uh, Wagner uh, are all playing very limited minutes. Bell is still starting. Um, I, I would need multiple pieces of confirmation to be comfortable rolling him out. My guess is he sees limited minutes and if yeah if you didn't know Jordan Bell is back in the NBA and he's playing for the Wizards. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people probably that's that was probably breaking news to them. Um, is there anybody else you're targeting on this slate? Someone that comes to mind either as a value or just someone who you like the matchup? Yeah, with Donovan Mitchell questionable, um, I like the Jazz, uh, some Jazz players tonight. I think Jordan Clarkson's the obvious one. He had a gigantic game uh, against Dallas on Wednesday, 31.7 rebounds, one block, one steal in 32 minutes. You know, the 32 minutes is the big part. Um, It's only, I believe, the second game this season that uh, Clarkson was able to to, uh, eclipse 30 minutes played. Uh, When he plays 30 minutes, uh, he's going to get you over 30 fantasy points. Um, you know, you talk about point per a point per minute guy. Uh, he's the walking definition. He he's over that. So 
Um, I like Clarkson a lot at 5,800. Um, these Spurs, a lot of the Spurs players seem to be deflated uh, as far as their salaries go. Um, yeah, Kelvin Johnson's one of them, 5,600, probably the lowest I've seen him in you know, weeks, maybe a month, um, which is somewhat odd because, you know, the, two of the last three games, he, or he scored 36 points against Dallas a week ago, uh, 32 fantasy points against Boston on Wednesday. Um, you know, he has some he has some duds mixed in there, an 18 point game here, but here or there, but but he's he's still topping out, getting 30, 35, 40 fantasy points on a regular enough basis that uh, you know he's comparable to to a guy like DJ, DeAndre Hunter, uh, production wise, but uh, is coming in. A, $900 cheaper uh, tonight. I'm with you on that because De- we know Denver is not a good defensive team. And so, you know, the Spurs guys have a really good opportunity to put up good games. Like DeRozan at 7,700 was the one that kind of lit up for me. Yeah. It's like, I, I know this guy can go for 45 easy and he can definitely go for 50. Cause I think he's done it twice this season. Um, consistency has been an issue for them, but hey, if you're playing a GPP, throw those guys in there. Kind the uh, inconsistent. one other thing I wanted to point out about the Spurs is their pricing's even uh, even more deflated on DraftKings. I know we usually focus our talks on FanDuel um, just to keep the conversation rolling, but I mean everyone—Murray, DeRozan, Johnson—they're um, all much cheaper on FanDuel for tonight's slate, or I'm sorry, on DraftKings for tonight's slate. That um, really makes me like them there. So it's it's a game, you know. If I'm just looking at data from from the game, the matchup, I wouldn't necessarily be targeting Spurs guys, uh, especially if White returns tonight, um, which remains to be seen. Um, you know that does complicate things a little bit. They'll probably ease him back into the rotation, um, but I still I like the price. I like the price on all those guys. Um, it's hard for me. I, what, one other guy I'll mention uh, because. He burned everyone uh, on Wednesday. Aaron Gordon, uh, another guy. He's just like Cody Zeller. I can't ever get him right. Um, but Aaron Gordon, you know, when he's when he's over seven thousand dollars, I'm always scared away. Um, he's down to sixty three hundred right now. Uh, you know, this is a guy who had a stretch of three games just a week ago: fifty five, forty five, forty one fantasy points. Uh, then he sat out a game, had thirty six fantasy points. And then he put up a dud on on Wednesday, 26 minutes. Uh, I think he started off like 0 for 8 from the floor, something along those lines, 12 and a half fantasy points. Um, that's, you know, that that's the bottom for him. Uh, I expect him to bounce back considerably. I expect a lot of, you know, he I think he was owned in like 55% uh, of teams on Wednesday um, for, for one of the main contests on FanDuel. I expect the ownership to be somewhat deflated tonight, despite the price tag, just because so many people got burned by him on Wednesday. Yeah, and the Clippers matchup, I mean, the Clippers have been playing all right without their main guys there, but you feel like that has to kind of give eventually. And I think Orlando, I think targeting Orlando, uh, as far as like Bucevic, you know, Aaron Gordon, Cole Anthony, even guys like that uh, makes sense. Uh, a couple more notes from me here. I I like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. I like them almost every game. They're perfect cash plays. And if you need some GPP, like 
kind of that upper mid tier filler. Pretty hard to go wrong with Holiday and Middleton given their their relatively high floors. I also like the Raptors guys uh, against the Kings. I feel like some of the Raptors prices are are good too. The Kings, I think, I give up the second most points per game in the NBA. And then we talked on this game a little bit, but the Philly guys against Minnesota. <clears throat> Minnesota's awful. Uh, and if Embiid's playing, that Embiid versus Nas Reed matchup uh, will be interesting. And then Ben Simmons seems like this could be a night where it feels like Ben Simmons could absolutely, you know, kind of take off. Uh, you know, he, he had a triple-double yesterday against the Lakers, and I feel like going against the easy defense of Minnesota, it'd be like taking the donut off the bat. And I think he can. I think he could put up another huge game. He's only eighty six hundred right now on FanDuel, so that's a really good price for him. Yeah, Tobias Harris um, cheaper than he has been in a yeah. while. Seven thousand um, dollars. You're not going to find many guys who are averaging thirty five fantasy points um, or more who are who are that cheap. You know, I, you're looking at just a quick eyeball of the list. The only guy who is in that same range scoring wise, guy like Mike, or no, Mike Conley's a few points lower. Basically, Colin Sexton, 6,900. Those are the only two. Everyone else, 75, 8,000. They're in, they're in that range. Um, but Harris and Sexton, you know, deflated. Yeah, Sexton matchup based reasons, I would assume, is part of it playing against New York's uh, Thibs, stout defense. Uh, Man, so weird. So weird to heap praise on, on the Knicks, but uh, <laughs> we're there. We're there. That that Cavs-Knicks matchup is going to be just a, a black hole in terms of fantasy, I think. I mean, this is a their over-under right now is 208, and that might even be high. Uh, so it's it's tough to like anyone from there it's, necessarily. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a weird dynamic where it could be such a competitive game. <clears throat> that the starters see enough minutes, put up enough production. Um, you know, that that's the worry I have with like the Minnesota Philly game is it's just going to be so lopsided that these guys, you know, the starters for Philly are only going to play 28 minutes and won't, won't reach value. Um, I agree. The, you know, the Knicks Cavs game looks really, really risky. But then when I see the price on a lot of these players, um, same thing, DraftKings, uh, you know, it, it's the same thing. I have I have actually multiple players from that game, my DraftKings lineup, uh, because their price is just so hard to pass up. I know the matchup isn't ideal for either team, uh, but I just I feel like it could be such a hard fought contest that that you're still seeing Colin Sexton and R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle you know, play 35, 38 minutes and exceed value. Yeah. The more I look at the prices across, uh, I, I'm just looking at FanDuel, but a lot of these seem like they're almost discounted. Surprisingly. Oh, I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but it seems like there's a lot of different ways to, to build a roster today. Um, and yeah, th- I think this will be one of those days where I look at the guy who wins the GPP and I, I would just be like, how did I not think of that? You know, because uh, I think the, the pricing will allow you to get so many great players in your lineup. Um, okay, do you have any do you have any final thoughts on DFS before we essentially wrap this up without without Ken's last <laughs> five minutes of the podcast normally here? 
No, no, and uh, you know, I, I guess I, I fall under the old man category, but I do not have a rant for okay. us. Uh, so I apologize, listeners, but uh, I think that's that's a wrap for me. Yeah, that's a wrap for us. Uh, we'll be out of here until next Friday. Nick and I will probably post another podcast Tuesday or Wednesday.